Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey guys, we're on the monorail heading to the Germany Pavilion at Epcot. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to pay to eat at a buffet. Wow, that's a lot from you, Alex. I can't believe we're outside right now, and I have sheet music. This is incredible. Why is he hanging out the window, Eric? What are you doing? I'm trying to put a GoPro on the monorail. It's content! Welcome to episode 242 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Alex. I'm RJ. Today we will be giving the His on the Germany Pavilion. Right now we're recording live for our Goof Troop members. Who's the Goof Troop, you might ask? Well, those are our Patreon members. You too can be a part of the Goof Troop by joining us through any of the link trees that are in our, the bios of our social media or the descriptions in our episodes. Hit the Goof Troop link on our link tree, and that'll take you over to our Patreon page. And for as little as $2 a month, you can watch us record live every week. For $5 tiers and up, uh, we do giveaways. So if your $5 are up, you get one entry, and then, you know, it, it's tiered upward. February, we're doing a giveaway, so you're going to want to get in before the 20th, because that's when our next giveaway is. Oh, yeah. Speaking about February, we have a special event coming up. The 13th, our first, well... It's not our first ever stream, but it's our first ever stream to YouTube, right? We've yes. never streamed to YouTube before. So uh, looking forward to that. We're doing the history on Fantasia, which is one of my favorite movies. So really excited to dig into the history of that. So that's going to be on February 13th. I think it's important to mention, too, for that episode, you don't have to be a Patreon to watch. This is the first no. ever Disney's episode that you can watch without being a Patreon. And if you like it and you want to watch all the episodes live, you can go ahead and join the Patreon. There you go. Yep. Yep. And as well as being a patron, you're in the discord where you get to talk daily Disney with daily Disney adults and you get to banter during the episodes and you get access to our cutting room floor material, which sometimes is hilarious because we're interacting with the people who in the chat room making fun of us for making mistakes, which you don't hear because I edit it out. <laughs> Alex is good at what he does. <laughs> uh, before I before I kick it over to Alex to wrap this up, please check out our T Public because there's some really great copyright free Steamboat Willie merch we have now. Oh yeah, for sure. And if you want to reach out to us, send us an email at dishispod at gmail.com. Or if you don't want to reach out to us, but you do want to contribute in some way, go to your podcast platform and give us a five star review. You know, if we, we're not worth five stars, give us a four. Anything lower, you know, don't worry about it. Yes, please. All right, before we get started on the history of one of my favorite pavilions, I would like to introduce our very special host tonight. He is the, the host of Sorcerer Radio Show, Sorcom Review, which airs at 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central on Wednesday mornings. Eric dives into the history with a variety of music, classic records, and historical tidbits each week. Eric Allen, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic because we're going to be talking about my favorite pavilion of all time too. So, oh, this is your this is this is your number one. This is my number one. I I, I took an ancestry DNA test, and I was expecting to see like you know ninety three percent Germany, mm -hmm. but there's nothing in it. But you know what? I'm still going to call it the ancestral homeland, regardless. <laughs> yeah. I, bet, I bet your ancestors vacation to Germany a lot. There, there that's you probably, go. Yeah, there's something. There's something there for sure. Well, I'm glad we got you on then. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. I greatly of, appreciate it. Yeah, Love of course. Show. Thank Love you. Love y'all show. Thank you. I 
had a really quick summary of your show. Can you tell the listeners what your show is all about and how long you've been doing it? Uh, I have been part of Sorcerer Radio since uh, spring of 2010. And um, like you like you said, I, I focus on trivia and music, uh, but not I, I don't get to do as deep dives into this as you guys mm -hmm. do. And so it's kind of like, I'm like y'all, just shallower. <laughs> hey, nothing so no, wrong with that. No diving off the high board. <laughs> no, I stay in the little kitty splash area. <laughs> Do you have a favorite era or favorite um, theme that you like to cover? Um, usually, I mean, my favorite thing to talk about on the show is uh, attractions that are no longer there. Mm, that's always or a fun one. Lands that are no longer there. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, Epcot circa 1985. Oh, okay. Interesting. I feel like we should get you in contact with our friend Dane. Because he oh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> he is younger, but he loves that part of Epcot as well. Yeah. He was born in the wrong time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So please check Eric out at Sorcerer Radio at Sorcom Review. But let's get to Epcot's Germany Pavilion. If you've never been to Epcot, Germany Pavilion was built and opened alongside with the rest of Epcot, revealing its Germanic folklore-inspired facade in 1982. The pavilion is located for an Oktoberfest-themed all-you-care-to-eat restaurant, which is a live show multiple times a day. It also has many different kinds of shops and is home to Snow White. Germany rests between the Chinese pavilion and the Italian pavilion, northwest of the World Showcase entrance. Now, when Alex and I were doing the history last night on this, we pulled up a map of the Germany pavilion and oh my gosh, they just jam packed so many cool shops and places yes. to eat in this pavilion. It's so cool. Yes. You would not expect that many if you've never been. Just no, absolutely not. It doesn't look like it has that much, but you go right. in and it's like, oh, oh, well, you've got a wine shop. Oh, well, you've got a Christmas shop. Oh, well, you've got the caramel shop. And that's just <laughs> on one side. That's just one, yeah. one area. <laughs> and I think it's crazy comparing this pavilion to the one next door, the Italy pavilion, which y'all did about a year ago, the mm. his on. Italy, you guys said, really doesn't have much beyond restaurants and like a wine cellar. And then Germany next door, it's about the same size, and yet there's so much more there. Yeah. And just yeah. think how much it would have been, and I may be spoiling things, think how much more packed it would have been had they actually put the boat ride in I, I, ride. I can't even imagine spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure i i definitely can't imagine them fitting any more into this pavilion i i have to say i've never walked through the pavilion uh stores i've only gone there to eat a couple times uh because i love that restaurant which we'll talk about later but I'm with anybody who passes by, you're like, oh, that pavilion looks kind of like there's not much going on. But pff, you walk through those doors, you're hitting the face with a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, before we get to the nitty gritty, do each uh, one of you have a favorite shop or even just place to eat, your favorite place to visit when you're at the Germany Pavilion? Well, I think I kind of spoiled mine because I just Yeah, I think out, yours is the only place you've been. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Garden. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. RJ, what about you? Probably gonna have to go with the teddy bear shop simply because mm. you guys know my love of the U.S. presidents, Theodore Roosevelt. So you know, it's kind of <laughs> nice to have a, you know something American in the Germany. <laughs> what about you, Eric? It would have to be Beer Garden. Um, mm. Back when we were going, very often we were we were former 
annual pass holders. Before my son was born, we would do a long weekend down there about once every other month. Uh, oh, and, wow. Nice. And, and every trip, there had to be a stop at Beer Garden. Uh, there was one server. Her name was Renata. Uh, she said at one point she considered us among her regulars. Oh, wow. my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. That is, yeah. <laughs> and for somebody who lives 600 miles away, <laughs> that, that should tell you something. Oh, yes. <laughs> Awesome. I, I think my favorite place uh well actually alex is after i tell him this uh the the caramel kitchen because of all the free smells just stop in get all those smells for free get a little bit of german culture just by uh just by stopping in they don't have to buy anything just go in there and free? Just smell the caramel it's amazing i'm assuming that's the actual smell it's not like main street where the smells piped in no that's the yeah it's definitely you can see him making this it's definitely yeah. real Let's get to the his on the Germany Pavilion. The Imagineers planned the initial nine-country pavilion, with Germany being one of the planned pavilions. During development in the late 70s, Disney relied on sponsors to build almost all of their attractions and pavilions, with their country pavilions not being any different. Imagineers knew, though, that if they focused on dining and shops, there would be many German-based companies that would love to sponsor part of the pavilion, and they were right. Companies like Bolzen, Brauerei, Beck, GmbH & Company, Gobel, Hochenreuter, and Schmidt Zone were happy to sign sponsorship deals with some of these still sponsoring the pavilion today. Disney announced the Germany Pavilion in 1976 with a planned attraction that was going to take guests on a cruise down Germany's most famous rivers, the Rhine, Tauber, Rohr, and Isar. This boat ride would have guests float past miniature versions of famous landmarks like the Cologne Cathedral. But when the pavilion was built, Imagineers decided to shelf the attraction in order to have the pavilion done for Epcot's opening day, with the attraction planned to be added on later as an expansion. They decided later to never add the ride due to there already being two similar rides in the Mexico and Norway pavilions. The building that was going to hold the ride loading and unloading area is now used for storage and cast members. For the rest of the pavilion, Imagineers had an interesting question to answer. What part of Germany would they be basing the pavilion on? During the mid to late 70s, Germany was still split into West and East Germany, so Imagineers decided against focusing on one nation or the other, but instead utilized Germanic traditions and folklore. This meant basing the building architecture and aesthetics on what Americans thought of as historic Germany, depicted in a lot of fairy tales that Walt Disney's films took inspiration from, like Southern Germany and historical Baroque architecture. Based on Disney, Imagineers' history of going on field trips for inspiration, we can easily assume that Imagineers probably took a trip or two to Germany to get inspiration for the architecture used for the pavilion. The Rhine region has great examples of styles from the 13th to the 17th centuries, like its Elz Castle, which sits on the Moselle River. The Elz Castle is a direct inspiration for the backdrop walls of the pavilion. The castle walls tower over the pavilion and are easily seen as soon as you enter the area. The castle walls were first seen by guests when the pavilion opened with the park on October 1st, 1982. I have to admit something. Oh. I have went to that restaurant a couple times, never even noticed the walls. <laughs> I've never noticed the walls behind the pavilion. <laughs> and from now on, every time you go, you won't be able to unsee them. <laughs> That's right. You're, you're 100% correct. 
so i i love the whimsical feel of uh of what they did with this this pavilion and you would think that it is like uh like out of a storybook it's really the the architecture and everything is just feels magical and it's just like um with, especially with the beer garden and the Oktoberfest celebration it just feels like a, a party there all the time now this boat ride super super interesting I, uh, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't even be mad if they had a boat ride in every single pavilion. I think the Norway boat ride and I think the Mexico boat ride are both amazing. This one would have been, this one would have been, I think, just as interesting. I think it's a really good way to learn about a country instead of watching a documentary or a movie like, yeah, you know, in uh, Canada or, um, hey. or, uh, France, like some of those, um, I don't know. I, I think it's a really entertaining way to even get your kid to learn uh, the history. Oh, let's go on this boat ride. And then they're learning without even knowing they uh, they learned. So what could have been, uh, I think it would have been a really, really cool addition to the pavilion. It's a shame it was uh, never in place. Really yeah, were it, obsessed with their boat rides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you've been, any of you have been to Disneyland? No. The, uh, the little storybook boat ride. That, re that reminds me what this... That's what this concept of the miniatures sounds like to me. Oh. So if you if you watch like watch a YouTube video or or whatever, um, of course the only problem with that was it was outside in the open air. So uh, when we went through, we had a gargantuan duck waddling through <laughs> one of the villages and. It just looked like a 50s monster movie. It's like the duck that ate Tokyo or something. <laughs> huh. I, I think there should be a water ride in every single pavilion. I think that'd be yeah, hilarious. Nice. If they just committed 100% of time and they just put one in every single one. Like the, the Japanese museum could have been a museum around a water ride. Why not? Why not? So what I'm hearing is every pavilion is going to have a water ride with the exception of the seas with Nemo and friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's, a, that's a, just a surrounded water by water ride. There's a log flume over the waterfall they have there. I think a raft ride would be so fun in Canada, but that's that's not Germany. <laughs> I didn't know that this storybook land canal, but I didn't even know this existed, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, that's and, famous um, one where you're going into Monstro's mouth. That yeah, that, a lot of the that, I, of. that I've seen pictures of, but some of the other miniatures I, I've never seen before. And man, if they do something now? like that for, yeah, and if, if they could do something like that uh, in Germany or if they did do something, that would be so cool. Because Germany, I, I went to, I was able to visit Germany um, uh, over the summer and just the landscapes and the castles and the and the architecture there is is amazing. And just, you oh, know, actual Germany. That. Not the Germany yes. Pavilion. Oh, yes, 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 yes. No, no, I couldn't. I, I couldn't afford to go to the to Disney after that vacation. But um, but it's just Germany is such a magical place. And this Oktoberfest uh, thing, I know it's you know that's the, their celebration in October. But man, I, every every bar you go to is just a celebration in Germany. It's like beer. You, you can get a beer and just walk down the street with it. It's perfectly legal to do so there. Um, I guess it's legal to do that in Epcot too. Um, but uh, but it's just like they and you really this this pavilion really embodies Germany. The um, and we'll talk more about the uh, some of the shops and how the comparisons to actual Germany too. But um, but I think they nail it with the with the beer garden. Um, it's kind of like the opera house uh, in uh, Munich. Uh, really, really. It's just it's it's one of my favorite pavilions. It's it's um you go there and it's like they really take you out of reality. 
I think it was a good choice for sure. I, I did not realize that when this was built, uh, Germany was still split. So it's kind of interesting when I was just yeah, it is. about that. Yeah. And that they had to kind of like decide like, what are we going to do about this? Cause we're trying to do, you know, we're not going to show a split nation, you know, pavilion. That's yeah, that bad for business. For us. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense. So I like the, the way they did it is you're kind of like utilizing their past movies and uh, showing Americans what they think Germany's like, because of all the fantasy tales, of course, because of Grimm. Stories mm-hmm. seem to mm-hmm. be more of that, you know, European area. Yeah, so I, think that, I think that was a good choice for sure. I think it's it's a good choice and it's really fun when you walk around there and see all the, you know, the facades and the nice coloring. Absolutely. The other landmarks that stand out to guests walking by is the Central Fountain, which has a single column with a statue on top of St. George slaying a dragon. This is a common statue seen all over Bavaria of the patron saint of soldiers who reportedly slayed a dragon on his way to a pilgrimage in the Middle East. This monument was modeled after a similar statue in Rothenburg, Germany. Beyond the statue is the other landmark, the large Glockenspiel clock tower, that sits above the entrances to the quick service Summerfest and the table service Beiergarten. Every hour the clock has mechanical rooster pop out, which begins to show by fluttering its wings. Statue of a boy and girl dressed in classic Bavarian dress appear to hammer out the hour on a large bell. The melody that is played was especially made for Epcot's in Germany. As you look around, you can tell the pavilion is themed as if it's always Oktoberfest, the traditional German festival that celebrates beer, food, and music. Oktoberfest is especially apparent in all-you-care-to-eat buffet restaurant named Biergarten. Biergarten is inside the building that houses the large clock tower, which was modeled after Germany buildings built in the 14th and 15th centuries. Originally, this building was intended to house a mini city hall, with the upper floor holding banquets. Eventually, it was decided to make the whole building a restaurant, because a small banquet hall wouldn't have had enough room for the planned occupancy in the pavilion. The dining area is now three-tiered, with the inside transporting you to an outdoor plaza with artificial trees and warm autumn colors. The central stage hosts the band October Musikanten, which plays upbeat polka music with other folk songs mixed in. Biergarten is open for lunch and dinner, and is an all-you-care-to-eat buffet with dinner and lunch ranging between 45 and 50 bucks per person for adults and 25 to 30 for each child. It serves traditional German cuisine like red cabbage, sausage, schnitzel, sauerkraut, and much more. Next door is Summerfest, a quick-service restaurant that serves bratwurst, frankfurter sandwiches, sauerkraut, soft pretzel, and apple strudel. Any memories, any favorite, Alex, this is not really geared towards you because I know your memory is very shoddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so more so, Eric, and, and uh, I don't know, RJ, have you ever eaten at Beer Garden? Say, I haven't. Actually, I'm looking at the menu right now for the first okay. time. Eric, any favorite memories at, uh, at Beer Garden or any, like the first time you ever tried anything or anything like that? Well, I remember the first time that I went in there, I was... I, I won't say I was taken aback at the theming because I had been in the Mexico Pavilion and they had done the outdoors at night theme as well, and they did it very well. Mm -hmm. So I was not totally surprised to see, hey, here's a Bavarian village outdoors at night. Um, But there is something about the, the, the whole setup that it's hard to go out and not be in a better mood than you were when you came in. Mm-hmm. And I totally the agree. Way that, the way that they set people is like all these long tables. So you're not just your group. You are there with other people. And 
every single time we've done it, we have we've had a great time meeting the people there sitting at the table with us and and basically just having conversations about this, that, the other. And of course, you know, how can you be sad when there's polka music playing? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I definitely doing the history uh and having a bad memory, I was like, what? It's it's inside the outside? What? I don't remember this, but looking at pictures, yeah, for sure. It was like that. And I do remember I sat in the back uh, middle and I remember going there and it was a lot of fun. We had a big party so we didn't have to share a table with anybody, but it was still uh very fun. I love the band. I can't wait to bring my kids there. It's something my wife and I have to talk about doing in the near future because I think they're about the right age to really enjoy listening to music and uh they'll get their money's worth maybe. <laughs> I always think it's really cool when Disney's able to do something that makes it feel like you are outside when you're inside because yeah. Like you look up, you can't see the ceiling, whether it's like the Mexico pavilion, even to an extent, you know, Peter Pan's flight. And yeah. I think it's really cool how, at least for me, that really shows the immersiveness that Disney has, that they're so focused on immersion and theming that they can make you feel like you're outside when you're inside this building that's kind of themed on the outside to look like a castle. I don't know. I think it's really cool how they're able to theme all of those things. Oh, absolutely. And and you talk about looking up, but they do so uh, such a good job at, at surrounding you with with you know overstimulating architecture that you don't even want to look up, and it's like just in the peripherals, it's like oh no, I'm outside. Like your brain just telling you, I am outside right now. And Eric, like you were talking about with the um, with the seating with the other families, I remember I, the first the first and only time I ever went to uh, beer garden, I was young, and very it was very awkward when they said we'll be sitting you with another family. I'm like, oh, what, what is this about? And it turned out to be a great time. We still talk about because it, it turned out to be a great time because the the other family didn't really communicate with us too much, but they kept loudly saying about how they were going to Germ- real Germany this summer. Oh, I cannot wait to try real schnitzel. Oh, I cannot wait until we go to real Germany. this. <laughs> so and me and my family still joke about that to this day. So whether it's a positive experience of, of meeting a new friend or just overhearing the funny conversations, it's, it always makes for a good memory sitting with, a, with another family. Chris, I'm going to take that and I'm going to give you the exact opposite. <laughs> One of our trips we had people who had lived in actual Germany. Oh, in my God. Germany. And they said, this is almost exactly like what we had. Wow. That's crazy. That just shows how good Disney is at just immersing you in the country that they're telling you you're in. That is amazing. Yeah. that yeah. You know, when we're talking about the inside looking like outside, I think one of the earliest histories we did, but one of the places I remember doing history before was Blue Bayou Restaurant in mm. uh Disneyland area that place mm-hmm. is amazing of making you feel like you're outside when you're really inside it and is. then in our chat room uh Ryan said uh Mexico Pavilion does a good job as well which it oh, does yeah. it really does a good job of making you feel like you're outside when you're inside um it's just crazy how they can transport you there's things and I didn't think about that Chris you're right you walk into a doorway which is supposed to lead into a castle but then you're outside I didn't yeah. think about that you're yeah. right it's like a really weird like concept it's like a, a Willy Wonka movie <laughs> <laughs> Willy Wonka and the what do they serve there the sauerkraut there you go the golden sauerkraut <laughs> the schnitzel <laughs> Eric what's your go-to when you go to this when you go to beer garden what do you need to have yeah because you're a usual so what yeah, was your yeah. go-to <laughs> you add my my go-to was always the schnitzel with the Jaeger mm. sauce 
What is the what is the Jaeger sauce? It's it's a gravy. It, okay. They call it, it it's it means hunter sauce. So gotcha. It's, it's like a uh, it's like a brown gravy that goes over it. Um, now the uh, the sour bratten is not bad. The uh, of course you you get your bratwurst, knockwurst, all the absolute worsts in there, <laughs> and um, and that that's great. Spatzel, spatzel, oh, spatzel is amazing. Really so, good. I mean, if you're a carnivore, this is heaven on earth. <laughs> uh huh. Mm -hmm. Because there are just so many meats out there. And the Germany has thing, them all. Yeah. The the only thing I did not like was their meatloaf. Oh, okay. Which which yeah, you, know, you go to like somebody like, I don't know, Cracker Barrel or somewhere, the meatloaf you get there does not look anything like German meatloaf because it looks like a giant salami or or stick of bologna or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, way different kind of it's just a different kind of meatloaf, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I love the buffets, the all you care to eat style restaurants. And yes. This is definitely one of the best ones I think in uh Epcot. Um I I can't wait to go back there in the near future for sure. It's been a while since I've been there and it's been too long for sure. I definitely cannot. If you have not in there, you need to try it out. I know it might be a little expensive, but it's an all you care to eat and it's at Disney. I think it's a reasonable price for what it is. Plus, it's a show, which yes. a lot of places don't have the show like they have. The show here is amazing. It is fun. Before you know it, an hour's gone by. Yeah, that it's it's the truth. I love watching videos of people eating there. Like I always say on the show, I love watching paging Mr. Morrow and uh, him and his friends when they go there. It's just such a fun time. They have the leaders of beer flowing, and they mm -hmm. and they all get a little buzz on and start singing with the polka. And it's just it's 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 so great. Now speaking about beer flowing. They serve one of what my fa uh, favorite beers are there because I think it's an awesome mix between Germany and Florida. They have the Sofferhofer grapefruit uh, beer, which is the it's basically like half beer, half grapefruit juice. Have any of you ever tried that? Mm -mm. Really? I, no, I haven't tried that. Now, they used to have an Alton Munster Oktoberfest. OK, mm. that that one was my go to. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah, yeah there that might be seasonal. I'm looking at the menu right now. I'm trying to find. Hmm, I don't know th this grapefruit one. They actually, I I found it at my local uh, uh, liquor store, so I know that they. It's a national. Uh, you can get it anywhere. So okay. uh, if you're listening to this at home and you like beer, or if you don't even love beer, this has like got a very just uh, grapefruit taste. You have to like beer to an extent, I guess, to enjoy it. But very low percentage, just really, uh, really refreshing. But I love how it's kind of a. Uh, Kind of a cool thing to have while you're in Florida in Germany, uh, having a beer, a grapefruit beer. Now, I've got a question for y'all. So Oktoberfest, speaking of Oktoberfest and beer, do you all know what year the original Oktoberfest started back in Germany? Oh, uh, no clue. No, clue. I knew this at one time and I cannot <laughs> remember it. Well, uh, let me and Chris go first because we have no idea. So our, our numbers are going to be terrible. I'm going to say 1823. So I know, I know, okay, so I know how it started. And it was started because um, it was a celebration for a royal wedding. Mm -hmm. um, so I do remember that. I did do a beer tour when I was there. And that was like one of the things like, you know, Oktoberfest started because of that. What year it was, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it had to have been, uh, had to have been before COVID. So um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good baseline. I'm going to guess like the, oh man, like 1650. Okay. I'm thinking 1700s, but I've got no good reason to think that. 
Alex, you were the closest. It's 1810. Oh, Let's wow. Go. Wow. I thought it was way earlier than that. Wow. Well, technically, you're still right because that was before COVID. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I gave myself a good amount of wiggle room. <laughs> we got BC and AC before COVID and after COVID. Yeah. But yeah, I do remember the, hearing that uh, they, they wanted to throw this this huge party. So they invited all these people. I think it was days long, like this wedding. Like I think it just lasts. It went on and on and on and on and on. And uh, now it's tra- now it's tradition. And they so they have um, they have like pictures of all their leaders, um, like drinking beers in the, the beer gardens in Germany, like with the citizens. It's really cool. It's just it, it's um, it's really neat. It's a really neat tradition. Uh, that they do over there. And it's cool to be able to experience that to an extent here at uh, at Epcot. Yeah, I know people can get married anywhere, like on Disney property, if they pay enough. I wonder if anyone's like gotten married in the beer garden restaurant or like had that for some kind of reception, like bringing it full circle. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so. I, I, look, all I'm saying is if they haven't, that is a tremendous missed opportunity. Yeah, it's a beautiful backdrop. It's, oh, it, yeah. it is. And no. what an atmosphere. We came close in 2020 because uh, I don't know if y'all know uh, Jeff and Nicole from DW60. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got married at Disney Springs, and oh, we wow. all had dinner at Beer Garden the very next evening. Oh, wow. that is okay. awesome. That's so oh, fun. yeah. I guess it would be too hard to uh, just close off a pavilion for, you know, four or five hours. I don't feel like that'd be too difficult to do. Well, you do it first thing in the morning, you do it before they open up to begin with. Yeah. But even if they just had to close off the pavilion, that wouldn't be that intrusive to the whole rest of the park. Yeah. Um, has anyone eaten at the quick service Summerfest? I think I got a pretzel there uh, once. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, because they have the, uh, it's cool that they have that because you're able to um, get like just traditional German stuff real quick, uh, even though it's not real quick sometimes because the lines there get pretty, pretty big sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I got, I've gotten a pretzel there before how's the food there compared to your favorite restaurant uh friar's nook oh if nothing touches nothing touches friar's nook uh (laughs) uh, circa like 20 uh what was it 2016 i think it was when they still had the the barbecue chicken mac and cheese (laughs) before you enter the germany pavilion you may come across a few things depending on the way you decide to walk around the showcase on the water is a dock that allows guests to get on and off one of the disney's smaller friendship boats Inside the Seven Seas Lagoon, guests can take a boat from Canada to Morocco and from Germany to Mexico. Sitting almost between Germany and Italy is a miniature train display. It is a detailed replica of a mid-century Bavarian town. It was created in 1995 for the Flower and Garden Festival. It was so popular that it became a permanent fixture in the pavilion. It features scene for the Romantic Road, which is a scenic route that connects historic towns and castles in Germany. Since its debut in 1995, it has been expanded a few times and also will get themed overlays such as snow, flowers, and Halloween decorations. From the trains, you will see a freestanding circular shop named Glaskunst, which sells glassware, crystals, and steins. If you're lucky, you may get a chance to observe a glassblower showing off the techniques needed to make the well-crafted items. On the left side of the pavilion is the Caramel Coo Shop. It was one of the first shops in the pavilion when it was originally Glass-owned porcelain store sponsored by Gobel which began as a family business in 1871. In 2010, it was changed to Caramel Couche, sponsored by Stock. Caramel Couche makes Withers caramels and serves as the only working Withers caramel shop in the world. You can stop in to buy some caramel treats or just admire the authentic German kitchen vibes that the shop gives off. It is decorated with wooden shelves, copper pots, and retro German posters to give it an authentic German feel. 
Surrounding the center fountain are many different kinds of shops. The building's facades will transfer you to Germany with their traditional German craftsmanship and warm colors. Above the entrance to the Das Kaufhaus shop are three statues of King Philip I, Emperor Charles V, and Emperor Ferdinand I. These statues represent Germany's historical and cultural heritage. The statues were hard to replicate since the actual buildings they sit on are much larger and Disney uses force perspective on their buildings. So in order to solve this, Disney had local photographers use cherry pickers to take face-to-face -face pictures of the statues in order for Imagineers to replicate them. Das Kaufhaus sells soccer, das Kaufhaus sells soccer apparel and equipment. It was formerly named Der Buschwurm and sold books and sheet music. Disney Imagineering is amazing, isn't it? Like, how do you think of these ways to replicate these things? It's, it's like, insane. Who comes up with stuff like that? It's crazy. When Disney is at the top of their game, there is nobody that does it better. Ah, I mm. totally agree with you. Mm -hmm, for sure. They can definitely, they can almost replicate anything in the world to a point where people will, you know, want to go there just to look at it and almost feel like they went to the real one. Absolutely. Little forced perspective goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. yes. The force perspective so, is amazing. It also shows um, the importance of Disney. Like the fact that this is the only um, working Werther's Carmel shop in the world. Like that is crazy. It's pretty um, intense. Yeah. Cra and, and I'll tell you what, like I said, that shop, um, the smells coming out of that shop this is just amazing. But going in, this is one of my favorite things to do when I'm in Epcot is window shopping. And mm -hmm. Germany is one of the best pavilions to window shop. My wife, we were just at Germany Pavilion two weeks ago, and my wife had to go get some caramel popcorn from the shop. She was gone for a bit to get the get it because the line was long, but uh, she was super excited to get this popcorn that I thought tasted pretty good. It's it's pretty pretty good. Um, now I'm always a little too hot, uh, to eat like sweets when I'm in Disney, usually, especially when I'm going like right from walking around into a shop and getting sweet. Like I, so I've never gotten anything from this shop. I've brought stuff home for my, like for souvenirs. My dad loves uh, caramel popcorn. So I've definitely bought some to bring home, but sitting home, you know, in the winter time right now, uh, taking a look at their menu, man, is there some stuff I'd like to try. <laughs> Oh, uh, Ryan just put in the chat uh, the caramel butter bar, and uh, I was looking up some, uh, some some of their like most popular stuff they sell there, and that's on the list. And oh man, would I like to try this caramel butter bar? I um. So we were just at the parks, and you know, I love stopping by the miniature train. Uh, yeah. Thing, you know, it's just a nice place to stop. But you know, what's also interesting hmm. is that bathroom that sits right next to that is the busiest bathroom in the park. I think because a it's right in the middle of the pavilion. So by the time you get around, you're probably getting used to bathroom and B it's a good place to stop. So your kids can look at the train while you have to use the restroom. Cause every time I feel like every time we're at Epcot, we stop there, we look at the trains and they're like, Hey, we should take a bathroom break. while we're here. <laughs> And it's so the lines are so long. Has anybody else noticed just how mesmerizing that miniature railway is? Dude, my oh kids my will gosh. look at it for like ever. And I'm like, hey, we should go. And they're like, we're not done. I was like, it's the same thing. I'm it's... in my mid-50s and I'll stand there for an hour and watch it. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And I do love the, uh, I'm going to say this right, overlays, not layovers. 
the overlays that they that they put on there. I was there there around Christmas time and just seeing the the whimsical Christmas stuff uh, that they put on there is cool. I've also seen uh, YouTubers uh, take little videos during hot like Halloween and stuff, and it's just it's the attention to detail is just so crazy. Like you can see they put things on the little lamps and stuff. It's just it's every single thing at, at Disney. Like there's no detail that is uh, that will. Uh, not be put in if they have the opportunity to even if they shouldn't be doing some of this stuff like it's like why are you putting so much time and effort into something this small that you have to really bend over and see that's the magic of disney is because they do stuff that they don't even need to be doing but that's what makes it so great and, and you gotta really watch your step if you're going in there to put all that stuff in because <laughs> there's not a lot of space that you could put your foot down no, no, I'm looking at pictures now and it's like I'd be terrified to be tasked with uh, with putting stuff like in the middle of this this miniature railway. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see someone put a GoPro on one of the little model train, the little miniature trains. That would be pretty cool. And just have like a, you know, a train's eye view just going around the whole thing. I, I, I love that idea. Make that a 24-7 live video feed. Uh, yeah, yes. right. <laughs> I, I wonder if when they're working on this, uh, you know, doing all the uh, overlays, if they have that like set up like in um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when he has the magnifying glass over top mm -hmm. of the grass. <laughs> so, yes. so they yes. have to just <laughs> pull him over to the middle to just do, do the little the little uh, fixing and stuff. I could I can just see two cast members there in the in the when they're after hours and one's going like, OK, Earl, dangle me over the railroad. <laughs> I mean, they it own cool that equipment too. from the movie, so I guess they could use it. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how they've got trains, too. And once again, incorporating trains somewhere in a park because of Walt's love of the trains, which I mm -hmm. know y'all talked about way back when, when you were talking about just the history of the trains. And so it's cool that once again, trains are popping up. Uh, train again in you know, Animal Kingdom. So it's neat that that trend is something that's really continued, even though Walt wasn't even alive for even... The idea yeah. of what Epcot would become other than a place where people lived and commuted to work. So yeah, that, that yeah. is a good point. I didn't even uh, put two and two together, but it uh, <laughs> but um, definitely having that introduced to the park and keeping it there. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure his love for trains was a was a huge impact on leaving that there. I'm glad they did, because what else would you put there, first of all? And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think like, what it would look like without yeah. that. It seemed pretty empty. And, then, you know, good for them to be like, hey, this is a little overlay we're doing for the Flower and Garden Festival. And then it's so popular. Like, you know what? We're just going to keep it. Yeah. We're just going to keep it. You know, I can, good. It's good for them. I can guarantee you, too, that uh, no one can pass by that without taking a look at it. Like, it is no. just like no. you, it's, it's like a magnet for people. It's impossible. They even put up like uh, the little plexiglass in between the bars so people can't like reach through, I guess. I don't know. Maybe some people have tried to grab some, <laughs> some characters. You know they would. Yes. You, you see Eric over there trying to tape a GoPro onto the train. <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, please stop that. But, 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 but it's content. <laughs> it's content. People will love this. So you said the very last thing you said is that there was a shop that used to be there specifically devoted to selling books and sheet music yes imagine going all the way to disney world like how was it what souvenirs did you get oh i got some sheet music of <laughs> beethoven like <laughs> it's just very random to me some simple symphony sheet music would be pretty cool yeah it would be like, <laughs> no, silly symphony sheet music would be cool too 
and it's signed by Snow White, man. How can you yeah. top that? <laughs> the uh, there's there are stuff. Speaking of bringing that home as a souvenir, like I there, there's stuff that they sell that, that I'd be terrified. Like I I could never go to this glass and porcelain uh little pop up shop and buy something and think it would make it make the trip home. I'd have to like carry it like a like a you know a pet hamster or something on the plane. I I just be terrified to bring something. I even think that that would make the survive the trip. Imagine yeah. taking that on Cosmic Rewind. Yeah, really. Where do you live? Seattle? Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you may yeah. want to buy two. <laughs> yeah. Another original shop that is still standing in the Jeremy Villain is Dare Teddy Bear. The name of the shop means the teddy bear and offers all sorts of teddy bear themed souvenirs. They also sell other traditional German toys such as wooden toys, dolls, and games that are a great representation of German culture and traditions. It is located next to Volkunst, another 1982 original. Volkunst means folk art, and they sell more traditional German souvenirs, such as cuckoo clocks and Christmas decorations. The cuckoo clocks on display are amazing to see. Across the square is the other large building that houses Suzikaden, a sweet shop. Next to that is Weinkeller, which sells German wines and beers, hosting wine tastings. The inside decor will bring you to an old wine cellar you may find in an old German town. This building also houses Stein Haas, which sells German beer steins, glasses, coasters, magnets, and home decor. Also, there's Kunsterbei and Kristall selling crystal figurines, jewelry, glass collectibles, and personalized gifts. Before it was a crystal shop, it was originally going to be a German tourism office with actual travel agents ready to make arrangements for people to take a vacation to Germany. If you're visiting the pavilion during the festival of the holidays, you can look forward to many Christmas celebrations. At the Bavarian Holiday Kitchen, you can try traditional German dishes such as pork schnitzel, cheese fondue, and Stalin. If you're 21 or older, you can try Gluwen, which is a hot spice wine. They also have a holiday storyteller there who shares stories like the origin of the Nutcracker and the Pickle Ornament, which are both popular symbols of Christmas in Germany. If you want to bring some German Christmas home with you, you can visit Die Weinat Eck, which means the Christmas Corner, to buy handcraft ornaments. Cuckoo clocks, nutcrackers, and more. Glass und Porcelain also offers personalized glass ornaments. The pavilion is decorated heavily with garland and offers many great photo ops. The pavilion also takes part in the other festivals that occur at Epcot. During the Flower and Garden Festival, geraniums and other flower arrangements are placed throughout the pavilion. You can enjoy German snacks such as potato pancakes, pretzel bread, and apple streusel at the Borough Market Farmer's Booth. If you have little ones, Germany has a KidCot area where your child can interact with someone who is from Germany. Your kids can also take part in DuckTales World Showcase Adventure, where they can find the enchanted timepiece of Gusseldorf and Villain Magic Dispel. One last offering at the Villain is if you have a child or you are a child at heart, you can visit Snow White, who has been making appearances here since the opening of the Villain. So kind of offended that uh, KidCot is the area where you could talk to someone who is from Germany, because like I want to ask these people questions, too. You know, I don't want to wait behind these, uh, you know, four five and six year olds waiting to ask them like what their favorite German food is. I'll just be looked at weird. But I do think that's really cool and really important to have something like that for children to ask people who are from Germany uh, questions about the country. I think it's really cool. And it brings that educational aspect that they try to uh, push. Um, to, to life. I think it's really neat. Yeah. And plus it, it, it serves double duty because it gives kids something to do. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which let's be honest, World Showcase is not known as being particularly kid friendly. No. Nope. But uh, yeah, when we saw those, the kid cot stops opening up, I was just kind of like, good. 
It makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah, it makes so yes. much sense. Uh, between that and then that uh, newly uh, re- rejuvenated uh, adventure that they have now rethemed to DuckTales, which RJ, <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you actually did this when you were younger. Not the DuckTales, yeah, but... I played played the Agent P version in the France Pavilion, I want to say. And so essentially, you back then they would give you a cell phone. Now you can just do it on your own phone. Mm-hmm. You watch little clips and videos of the characters from the TV show. They kind of outline the mission and the storyline. Then you go to an individual spot in the pavilion, click a button. Sometimes you have to input information about where you are. And then some kind of an effect happens. So, for example, in France, I remember the finale was like Agent P. You could see him, I believe it was... Uh, zip lining from one rooftop <laughs> to the other. I think in Mexico you can see like the volcano explode. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think the Germany one's in one of the quick fire quick facts, I believe. So we'll mm-hmm. save it for that. But essentially, it's a way for kids to explore the pavilions, and as you said, like with Kidcot, for them to have something to do while they're there and to learn a little bit more about the country as well. Yes, yeah, something for them to focus on while their parents are drinking around the world. Yeah, we did the Kim Possible version of that uh, way back when <laughs> they were doing the Kim Possible. I remember version. that one. Yeah, I used to love just walking around here and the boop 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 on all the yes. on all the devices. Yes. <laughs> there was one time where you could access the Agent P one from I think one of the Disney apps without being in the park. It wasn't location coded at a certain point. And so you could press buttons and trigger things from like wherever you were in the world. <laughs> and so I would imagine I'd press a button and then something would happen in the China Pavilion and someone would be like, what is happening here? So probably a good thing that they made it location based now. Yeah, because I would have I would totally just been sitting there pushing buttons at random. Just going like, ah! <laughs> I have an extra hour. Let me mess with some people at Epcot. <laughs> so. Uh, over in Philadelphia, every year they have a German Christmas village pop up at City Hall. And one of my favorite things to do is get that uh, hot spiced wine. That is that that's a part of that like German tradition. Man, on a cold day, is that delicious? I don't know how much I'd like it in Florida, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I'd opt for the cold beer. But uh, really cool that they offer stuff like that uh, during the during the holidays. Uh, Germany, the German pavilion seems like one of the better pavilions, in my opinion, uh, for the festival of holidays. Um, and just because you have that that Christmas corner, you have the uh, the all the wooden. Uh, I don't I don't know why I associate wooden stuff with Christmas, but it's all like hand carved. It's like special. It's like there's uh, something that's just like I don't know magical about a handmade something wooden. Um, again, not because Santa I, Claus made it. Santa Claus, exactly. Santa handmade every single wooden object you were seeing only during the Festival of the Holidays in Germany. It's all made by Santa. Uh, just, yeah, you know, one of my favorite places, not only to stop uh, all the other times of the year, but definitely more so around the Festival of the Holidays. Can you imagine buying a cuckoo clock and bringing it home? I was just going to say, if I ever <laughs> decide I want to own a cuckoo clock, I'm going to the German Pavilion to buy a German cuckoo clock from Germany Pavilion. And then I can say I got this cuckoo clock from Germany. Of and sorts. if people don't want to believe me, you know, that's fine with them. I'll explain to them that's from Epcot if they really need me to. But, you know, I was like, hey, I got this the cuckoo clock from Germany. And they're like, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> those those things are just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I can. It's amazing. I I talk about staring at the the little miniature railway for an hour. I could stare at those cuckoo clocks for an hour. Just yeah, 
Next time, I, next time we go to Epcot, I'm really gonna make a stop in Germany just to look around in the shops. Even though I know I'm not gonna buy anything because I don't buy stuff, but you know, just to take a look, window shop, as Chris said, yeah, I'll probably stop at the Google Clocks because it does sound like something I'd be interested in looking at, and I'd probably look at every single one for a couple minutes. And my wife's like, "Can we go now?" And I'm like. <laughs> Give me 30 more seconds, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are the kids looking at the train still? I need this. So I mentioned that I went to uh, Germany over the summer to visit my aunt who uh, was stationed over there for about a year. So when she was over there, she accumulated a bunch of souvenirs for everybody. And one of those souvenirs was a cuckoo clock. Um, but the special thing about German cuckoo clocks is a lot of them are made from um, uh, wood from the Black Forest. And I looked into it and you can buy... Uh, ones that were made from wood from the black forest at Epcot in Germany, which is really, really, really cool because I think that's what gives it that like German authenticity is like, you can say this is wood from the black forest. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. Just again, another way for Disney to immerse you in the country. They're telling you that you are in there's uh, what it, there's parts of that place where you can just like forget that you're in the United States or forget that you're in Disney. And that's, that's what's so cool about this pavilion. Yeah, that was the whole point of it. It was forgetting you're in Central Florida. Yeah, yeah. I mean, except for the heat, but yeah. Except for the heat. Yeah. Except for that. <laughs> That's a very quick reminder that you're in Central Florida. <laughs> I don't know what the German phrase is. Whoa, it got hot in here quick. But, yeah. <laughs> Come on, build the dome. Build the yeah, yeah. dome. <laughs> Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. Born to Polka is a polka band that plays regularly throughout the day in a gazebo on the outskirts of the pavilion. Each interactive game in the Germany pavilion has featured a finale in the main plaza with statues of characters popping out of the clock tower doors in place of the German boy and girl who typically strike the hour. Clock tower in the pavilion's main plaza is 82 feet tall. Monsterplatz in Freiburg was the model for the three statues of Habsburg emperors outside the Das Kaufhaus shop, but the actual building contains a fourth statue, Emperor Maximilian. Max was omitted in the Disney World version due to the available space. Hey there, Diz His Crew. Uh, this is actor Pedro Pascal bringing you some hidden Mickeys. I'm here at Epcot's Germany Pavilion. I've got a little bit of time in between filming the Mandalorian film and The Last of Us, so I figured I'd call in to let you know about some of the hidden Mickeys I can see here. As I'm standing in front of the Germany Pavilion, noticing on the side of the building here, there's three carvings of individuals wearing armor. The crown of the third has a hidden Mickey in it. I'm walking through the pavilion here. Oh my gosh, is that Broom? Wow, he's better at reading than Ryan. Oh, that's not saying much. So we're heading to the teddy bear shop. Let's take a look at the ironwork that is holding up some of the hanging baskets. There's a hidden Mickey in there as well. Also, as we're heading towards some more of the shops here, I'd like to bring up that there were a lot of good ideas on last week's episode of the show about solving all of the problems of Coronado Springs. Coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, this was the first episode that didn't have either Chris or Alex as a part of it in the past year. Now as we head into the sweet shop Caramel Kush, let's take a look at the side of the shelf that's 
located in here. You're gonna notice some flowers painted on the side and the petal of one forms a hidden Mickey. Now we're gonna head over to the trains. If you walk this way, I just wanna let you know this is the way. As you're approaching the trains, we're gonna take a look at, along the path leading over to it, a bush that's in the shape of a hidden Mickey. There's also a small outhouse located within the train structure. There's a hole in the door that is in the shape of a hidden Mickey as well. And there's a figure of Mickey within the castle that's there. It's also worth noting that because the train end up changing throughout different points of the year, some of these hidden Mickeys may vary. As we do end up departing from the pavilion, I would also like to mention that I, Pedro Pascal, will be at CocoCon 2024 with Grogu as my special guest. Join me as we attempt to solve all the problems from Coronado Springs. And thank you for listening to this edition of Hidden Mickeys. Oh my god, thank you, Pedro. That was, that was great. I counted with love you and Narcos. Pedro Pascal. I I did not know there is that many hidden Mickeys inside of Germany. But why would I? I haven't been too far into it. I really, I really need to look for hidden Mickeys. They more. are hidden. They are <laughs> hidden. You're right. I really need to I need really need to buy one of those hidden Mickey books and go through and look at them. I really need that one day. That'd be fun for sure. There's also things in this thing called Google, I think you could probably use, Alex. I don't think you have to spend a dollar. No, I might have to I might have to Bing co-pilot it. <laughs> hey, Alex, Google's free and it's fun to be free. It is fun to be free. <laughs> we hear Dizzis think that the German villain is an amazing stop in the World Showcase. It contains much more than you may think with a multitude of amazing shops and exceptional all-you-care-to-eat experience. Sandpiper Vacations is an amazing booking agency. They can book your dream Disney vacation in Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruises, and Disney Resorts. They also do non-Disney trips like trips to Universal, Sandals, all-exclusive resorts, Royal Caribbean, Virgin Voyages, Carnival, and even more. The most amazing part is, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just head over to sandpipervacations.com and click and get a quote. That's right, at Sandpiper Vacations, we're here not just to book your vacation, but to give you some expert tips and advice to make your trip extra special, to create those magical memories for you, your family, your friends, or whoever you wanna take on that vacation. Take a look at at Sandpiper Vacations on Instagram and TikTok, and visit our Facebook page, Sandpiper Vacations. That's Sandpiper Vacations, a concierge-style travel agency with endless capabilities. yourself missing Disney? Do you hum Disney songs even though no Disney music is playing? Do you wish you had more Disney friends you could talk to? Then you may be suffering from low D, also known as lack of Disney. Over 5 billion people are self-diagnosed every year with low D, but now there's hope with the Diz His Patreon, better known as the Goof Troop. As seen in better homes and gardens, you can find Diz His Patreon through the link tree located in the episode description. Some people who have joined the Diz His Patreon have seen increased levels of Disney knowledge, increased their numbers of Disney friends, felt more laughter, played more Disney game nights, even found true love. Results may vary. This is Patreon, not intended to treat cure or prevent any disease. Results may vary based on Patreon material level. You're, if you're allergic to Disney or any of these components, stop using immediately and contact Universal Studios. Diz His, a Disney history podcast. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app.
Howdy, RJ here. If you enjoy the deep dives into Disney history that you hear here on Diz His, the Disney History Podcast, then you can go ahead and check out my show, Cases of Continuity, streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I take an entire season to deep dive into some of the most iconic film, television, and book series of all time. Episode by episode, piece by piece, to look at the history behind each of those individual installments and the stories inside those and how those stories connect to the rest of the franchises. My first season on the James Bond films is currently streaming, and season two is going to be starting up in 2024. I hope to see you there at Cases of Continuity. This, this week in Disney, RJ, what did you do this week in Disney? Well, big surprise. I am continuing my journey through Star Wars The Clone Wars. Ah, where are we at? Again, seven seasons. I am just about to finish season four. Uh, Darth Maul's returned. Incredibly exciting. So I'm very excited. I heard season five, things get really wild. So I'm curious to see where things go. It's a Darth Maul with the robotic legs? Yes. I love yes. that Darth Maul version of Darth Maul. And then when he teams yeah. up with his brother, it's like the best. I'm so excited to see where things go. And then the only other thing I did was I went down like a YouTube rabbit hole. Uh, I love that. Days ago, love and that I ended house. up on a video of, I guess, the Muppets with Doctor Who. Um, so <laughs> I guess technically both are somewhat Disney related. I guess there was like a live show in England that David Tennant was at. I don't what? know. But I guess that's somewhat Disney related. Huh. So Doctor Who and Muppets are in the same universe. Apparently, actually. Huh. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> My mind is going down so many rabbit holes right now. <laughs> I I want to see Fozzie Bear with a really long multicolor scarf draped around him. And <laughs> I love that. Alex, what did you do this week in Disney? Well, you know, I didn't do too much. Really? Wow. That's a <laughs> very different answer from you. I haven't done too much in the past week in Disney. I can't think of anything specifically we've done other than you probably can guess it. Watch some Bluey. 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 Yep. Watch some Bluey. Uh, which, you know, guys, if you haven't watched it, now's the time to get on it. It's, you know, it's going to blow up here soon. <laughs> I haven't seen Bluey at every uh, every aisle at every store uh, yet. So thank you for that <laughs> prediction. Is that all you did this week, Alex? That's it. All right. Eric, what did you do this week in Disney? Uh, well, this week, uh, this week's uh, Sorcom review was about the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Oh. And I am currently engaging in a home renovation where uh, my living room and dining room are very, very heavily influenced by Disney's Wilderness Lodge oh, and wow. by Beer Garden. Oh, what? really? Yes, oh, wow. dining room has kind of got a beer garden feel to it. That, do you have wow. a random family eat at your, eat at your uh, dinner table every night with you? <laughs> um, only in my head. <laughs> that is so cool are you gonna post pictures at all of this renovation anywhere um i've posted a few work in progress pictures but when everything is done and all the pictures are up i will definitely do so yeah nice. that's, that's, i'd love to see that it's very uh it's very exciting actually. that's so cool yeah that's, that'd be such a fun thing to remodel your uh, room or an area of your house after something from disney because yeah that i mean that's probably gonna look so fun anything else eric uh no no 
Uh, that sounds like a lot have, to me, so I was surprised if you could Yeah, there's not much else goes. that goes on in my life. If I ain't working <laughs> at work, I'm working on the house. Or... Oh, I hear yeah. you. Chris, what'd you do this week in Disney? So the only thing I did this uh, week in Disney is just buy way more uh, Disney-themed clothes for my unborn child. Um, it's I'm all I'm <laughs> I'm at uh, this this store called Boxed Lunch today. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Boxed Lunch, but yeah, a lot of pop culture stuff. And they have this really small store at my local mall, but it's jam-packed from wall-to-wall with stuff, which is the greatest thing ever. So in the very back left is a baby section, and I've gotten her uh, you know, baby outfits already, but they had, they had a, a, a clearance sale today, buy one, get two free. So I already, I'm already buying toddler stuff for her because they had this really nice Disney 100 year anniversary toddler shirt. So I had to get that for her. Sweet. I was going to say, make sure you're buying things at different sizes so that you're not, you know, wasting it because you'll find out that you'll have more clothes than you think you have. And then you, all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, no, she didn't fit in this shirt that I bought. I know. I, I have so many clothes that I'm almost like hoping for these diaper blowouts just so I can do like a couple <laughs> outfits a day. Like so just so I can go through all these these outfits I'm getting her. And that first time grandparents say, are getting her. You too. say that now. You say that now. <laughs> yeah, I will be looking back as like, why but, did I wish that? But after myself? the first or, even, or, or, the, or the second diaper blowout, you're just kind of like, no, no. <laughs> I can't believe I asked for this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Trust a bro. Yes, I, I, I'll take your word for it for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's really all I did this this uh, this week in Disney. I'm having a lot of fun getting her Disney princess stuff and and stuff like that. Um, always uh, thought it would be fun to shop for a uh, for a uh, a boy, but man, it's really fun shopping for a little girl. All these Disney princess stuff and uh, got this really nice. Uh, my mom got this really nice because anything anything I show any interest in, my mom's a first time grandparent. She's just like, I'll, I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's this really cool. Um, I don't even know her name. I think it's Angel Stitch's girlfriend. Angel, I think it might be. Uh, she's like a magenta yes. looking. Yes, creature. I think so. I uh, got her. Are they really official? Cool I didn't onesie. know that. Um, there's a lot of Valentine's Day stuff incorporated with them. I think I think uh, I, I think society has made them official. Hey, so. does your uh, does your baby need a new laptop? <laughs> but yes, she, I'm going to tell my mom she needs a laptop for when she stays with Uncle Alex. <laughs> so that's to say your house. You know, the baby really needs to have plane tickets to Disney. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, having a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to start on the nursery this weekend, and I can assure you that there will be accents of uh, Disney involved in uh, in the nursery. So uh, excited to get started on that. But that's all I did oh, this man. weekend. Still putting off uh, starting Echo. Oh, you haven't even started Echo? No, I have not. I have not. Oh, I'm, I'm in season, I'm in episode two, and I have tried to watch it. I think now maybe eight, nine times. <laughs> Can't believe you guys aren't enjoying. I loved the first four episodes. I, I I've watched all the way through it, and I I, I was expecting worse. Okay, oh, that's, 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 that's probably I, the best thing that I could say about. That's it. pretty um, optimistic, actually. Seeing Daredevil in it. <laughs> Uh, seeing Kingpin in it, those were great. And yes, Can't my wait. biggest takeaway was I want to see more about her family. Okay, I, I, I really don't care if I ever see anything more of her. <laughs> right? Yeah, because because she's just so very unlikable. Oh, I, I mean she she's not likable. She doesn't try to be likable. Right. I right. Mean, it's not like with uh, the U.S. agent with uh, John Walker and Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
he was unlikable, but he was trying to be likable. Yes, mm -hmm. right, right. She just, she just did not. I mean, she kept the same ex facial expression range as Kristen Stewart in the Twilight movies. <laughs> um, but I swear, all her family, I love her family. I love the stories about the family. Huh. Um, I mean, granted, seeing Graham Greene trying to act sexy was a little bit of nightmare <laughs> fuel, but... <laughs> But other than that, I just, I, I loved the family. Yeah, I'm going to keep that in mind when I watch that. I'm just, I, I've not been um, excited to watch Marvel projects late for the last like year or so. So um, Deadpool 3 is coming out. Well, that's the first one I, I will be what excited is it? for. Deadpool 3. Oh, Deadpool yeah. 3. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I definitely, I'm not not watching it because I hate it. I'm not watching it because I'm falling asleep. And that has really nothing to do with Echo. It's the fact that as soon as I am my body is narcoleptic, as soon as my yeah. body's vertical, I am out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to watch it when I can, but it just I'm having a hard time staying awake. Give what if a try as well, Chris. Oh, I watched a couple yeah. episodes, but I it's, it's there's so much to watch. It's it's just so hard to it's so hard to get into a routine. I did watch. It was overwhelming because they put what an episode out a day. Uh, towards the end of the year i did yeah. watch a couple and i i really really enjoy what if i think i got to the uh i think i watched two episodes and i loved the happy hogan saves christmas die hard Abs kind of oh, type God, thing yes. Uh, yes really really interested in the brand new mcu here that were uh that, that was that was introduced the uh, i think she's native american oh, mm -hmm. yeah just just because it's something Come fresh and new <laughs> and um <laughs> Uh, well, actually, the lady who voices Kahori in What If plays in live action Echo's cousin in the show. Oh, or that's Maya's really interesting. That's Bonnie? Yeah. The firefighter? Ooh. I'm going to have to talk about that. <laughs> that's really interesting. Apparently, according to um, Deborah Jacobs, who plays both of them, they're not connected. It was just a pure coincidence that she was cast a girl, which is crazy. Mm. Yeah, Absolutely that is. It's a lot mm. of other people. I watched the Iron Man episode. It was really good. The Iron Man on Sakaar. Yes. Yeah, I have not. Yes, that watched. one. Loved that one. Yeah, I've not watched that one. I, I expected him to say, "Now this is pod racing." At some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's the one that I stopped watching. I think I was just like I fell asleep or something. But I really liked the 1980s Avengers. I think it was. Was it? 1980s? Well, that was that was probably yes. my favorite. Yeah, that I was yeah. that one was a good one. Uh, yeah. So I I I love I love the uh, what if I love that they are. Uh, I don't know if this is just a rumor or if it was confirmed that about the what if Star Wars projects that they're uh, that Disney Plus is going to start doing. I don't know if that's nothing more than a rumor, but I hope it's not because that would be that would be something I'd love to watch. They did something like that already with Star Wars Visions. Yeah, that was uh, like that. Star that was Wars cool. Visions was yeah. was very, very good. Some of those were cool. like, man, like, oh, man, because um. Just having being able to get um, explore with anime, uh, anime mm -hmm. style was just so, mm -hmm. so cool. I don't know if I ever watched season two, but I remember me and my my future brother in law, we um, we knocked out season one in one sitting. It was just like one after the other after the other. And it was just so fun when when you give uh, people creative control over a huge uh, IP like Star Wars. It's like really cool to see what people come up with, especially if they were fans of the material beforehand. Absolutely. So they can respect the integrity of yes. Star Wars while yes. still being creative with it. Yeah. Yes. Totally agree with you. Next week on Diz His, we're going to have Lewis from the Nerd Archive podcast. He's going to help Chris and myself go over the history for the 2012 Avengers movie. 
So just a reminder, if you want to watch us record live, you can join our Patreon by joining our goof troop on any one of our link trees, whether it be the episode description of the episode you're listening to right now or the bio of our social medias. Uh, if you're, We didn't mention this in the beginning, but if you're a part of our Patreon, you get to write for our Diz His blog, which is a lot of fun. Uh, gives you creative freedom to write under the Diz His brand, I guess, if you will. Really fun. Um, uh, we've had a few Patreon members take part in that, and they've put out some really cool stuff. Do want to also remind you that we will be live on YouTube uh, around 7.30 on February 13th. No excuses. It's the day before Valentine's Day. Get your shopping done. Sit down and watch some Dizzes at 7.30. 100% free. It will be, uh, you can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and click that notification button and you'll get notified when we go live. So no, no, no excuses. Pause this right now and go do it and then. Okay, thanks for coming back. So now uh, you can check our social media for more updates on that. Um, we also will be having a giveaway on February 20th. So we got a couple a couple good weeks coming up coming up here. And just a reminder also, the, thir- the 13th is the His on Fantasia. So if you don't know what that is or if you love Fantasia, you're going to want to stick around for that. All right, so thanks again, Eric, for coming on. This was a really, really fun episode, really fun topic, and thank you so much for all your insight and commentary. It was, it's been a really good Guys, time. Guys, thanks for having me. I just, I've, I've, I've been a fan of the show for, for a good while now, and, uh, and I'm thrilled to be part of it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Well, seriously, thank you for thank you for making the time to come on. And before we uh, end this, RJ, how long have you been listening to Eric on Sorcerer Radio? Because RJ is oh, a bit boy. of a super fan yeah. of Sorcerer Radio <laughs> and yourself. Yeah, I started listening to Sorcerer Radio probably back when I was in middle school or something like that. a couple years ago. (laughs) (laughs) About 2012, 2013-ish or so. And I found Sorcerer Radio, started listening, started listening to the morning shows. And so I remember SCR was even like, back or back then when it was called SCR is one of the ones that I would listen to a lot. And so it's kind of crazy that now you're here on a show that I'm also on, I've been listening to you for so many years. So thank you so much for coming on, Eric. Well, thank you for listening all these years. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Eric, what else do you have going on? Um, well, in addition to Sorcerer Radio, I'm also part of a podcast called Mighty Marvel Geeks that uh, you can hear each week on Sorcerer Radio on Saturday evenings and also can subscribe to wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We, uh, the three of us, Mike, Kylan, and myself, we, we talk about all things Marvel, and uh, we occasionally get some, uh, you know, some really cool guests in. So uh, if you're in the market for a Marvel podcast, give us a try awesome yeah i'll definitely be checking that out i i love uh i love listening to um to insight on uh marvel and other projects there's always something mm-hmm. to talk about with marvel absolutely oh, yeah, for sure all right eric thank you so much for uh for coming on tonight if you want to listen to eric please go over to sorcerer radio and check him out 7 central 8 a.m eastern time on wednesdays on sorcom review hey thanks again for having me guys this has been a blast of course eric That's the His on the Germany Pavilion. I'm Chris. I'm Alex. I'm RJ. And I'm Eric. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.